The Open Nesters is a weekly podcast focusing on couples and individuals who are looking for new beginnings after their kids have left the nest. This week on the Open Nesters podcast with Marvin and Jahira, Michael and Monique. And the beauty of this particular quad is that I feel that even with our imperfections, we have the maturity uh, to understand what that means to be seen and heard. It looks different with each one. I, my relationship with Marvin does not look the same as my relationship with Monique, which does not look the same as my relationship with Michael. And there are some conversations that I know occur that I am not privy to. There's also that, that respect of having conversations with your partner, not partners, and allowing those conversations to happen that you do not have to be a part of every little thing. Welcome, Jahaira and Marvin, to the Open Nestor podcast one more time. We have met about a year ago, just over a year ago, I would say, October of 2020. What a time fly by. So please tell us where your state of mind as far as your poly relationship were at that time and bridge us to wherever it is today. And I want to welcome uh, Michael and Monique, which is your uh, I guess poly friends, polypod, polypod. Yes, oh. I want. I want to welcome you. I guess we'll talk about that soon enough. <laughs> Labels. So, Jahira and Marvin, catch us up from last year, please. Well, thank you for having us again. Uh, I've been listening to numerous episodes of Open Nesters, and each of one of them is eye-opening. And there's always something to learn from. Uh, the different experience that everybody has. It's reaffirming and it's also a connecting with the, the energy and the vibe that um, you've put out there. Where have we been? We've, we've continued to grow. Evolve. It, yeah. Evolve. That's a great word, especially right now, because there's so many changes going on very much connected to open nesters. But uh, one thing that does remain is our quad. And that's something that we had discussed back then that we were barely two years in. I think we were a year and plus. So now we're heading into our fourth year of being together. And Tessa, you mentioned in terms of all the, of the labels at this moment, I had shared with our quad that I consider everyone my partners. And so from that, we've talked about we're partners in life because the other terms just didn't seem to fit, especially because each dynamic is very different. It continues to be unique together as well as uh, between each one. That is so beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah, go ahead. So, Marvin, when you the, the whole idea of a polypod, it, it's evolved also. And and then how do you how do you fit, how are you fitting yourself in? What where are some of the things that you're finding your own growth? Where where's your own growth coming from? Um, a lot of it has to do with it's just realizing through communication, through spending time with each other, how each person is individual, yet we fit together so well. So um, just like first experiences, you know, you have that, um, Jahida likes to talk about the NRE, which is a new relationship excitement. So you have the excitement of being involved with somebody new, um, learning what they're attracted to, learning what excites them, learning what they're interested in, and then sharing yours and seeing if they have the same. So it's been a constant sharing of, you know, ideas, what do you think of the future? What do you want to do as you get older and you progress? And, you know, where do we see ourselves in three, five, 10 years? And that we is that is what we're seeing that we have a lot in common. Like we see ourselves, you know, together in those five and 10 year periods, just 
you know, enjoying each other still because we still have the same loves and pursuits. We want to travel. We want to see the world. We want to enjoy the sun. We want to enjoy family. So it's kind of like the same things. It's like, you know, but when you're with a group of people that all share the same ideals and philosophies, it's much easier because then everybody can pool their, their energy, their intelligence, their ideas and everything in that same concept going forward. And, and so like from where we were to where we are now, um, it's like, we're, we're all individually experiencing things yet still we're collectively together going forward. So we can support each other with whatever each individual is going through. I mean, each person has their own um, issues and what have you, but um, that's kind of what I want to say. Well, Michael and Monique, uh, we have not heard from you yet, and we would love to hear from you. Tell us uh, about this relationship from your perspective. We heard from Jaira and Marvin in, in episode eight and we heard some from them today. We want to hear from you. What specifically would you like me to answer? Well, how did you, did you, are you validating what uh, Jahira and Marvin are saying? Are oh. you also looking yourself, seeing yourself five, 10 years from that together? Uh, are you on the same page with that? Absolutely. Uh, tell us, tell us about that. Uh, actually, I think we uh, spoke on that recently. You're we having a discussion of um, where do we see ourselves in the future? We would love to cohabitate together, but we're like, where where does that happen? Like, um, where do we want to live? Um, like, just trying to bring two households together. Like, what does that look like? So that's been a discussion that we've uh been talking about have not gone into depth yet in terms of you know but poly life is really uh, new to you as well for both yes. of you yes so, it is. so, yes, so it tell is. us tell us Michael, the evolution yeah. tell us the evolution that uh got you to where it is that it's acceptable uh new normal for you uh actually i would say that we were probably um poly before we knew we were poly we had been in relationships with, uh, you know, another couple spent a lot of time together, did things outside of the bedroom, um, together and, um, we didn't know what really that looked like. And then, um, kind of reuniting with Jahara and Marvin and seeing what it was, um, what it, what that life was and putting a name to it and uh, just growing together, it was, it was a very easy um, transition. Kind of transition. And, and like uh, Marvin was saying, we, we do like very much a lot of the same things, but acknowledging that we're all four different individuals. So even though we may say like, like the beach, the four of us like the beach in different ways and trying to navigate that um, is always interesting uh, interesting on the roles that as um, separate couples we play. And then as the role that we play uh, in the, in the poly um, in our, in our, in our quad. So I want to ask you guys about some of the challenges because we don't get to this point, even within a couple, I mean, partnerships are, are a challenge. Uh, family and communication is a challenge Scheduling. A t a sch scheduling and, and even everybody getting their needs met in general in life is a challenge. So I, I do want to hear how some if there are any specific stories that any of you can think of that you can point to how you are looking at that challenge, even if you haven't overcome it completely, whether it's you have younger kids, I think, Michael and Monique, and that discussion of how could you how will cohabitating look and what are some of the challenges that you have faced? So whoever and, wants and in addition to that, were there any breakdowns that caused extra communication that you survived? I think the first challenge is just the sheer distance, you know, that the trying to figure out how do we see each other? How do we stay a part of each other's lives on a, on a daily basis? Um, and so setting up communication channels, um, specific times that we talk and chat, and then also making a priority to figure out how do we spend quality time 
with each other um, as separate couples and then also as a um, as a quad. So we kind of call going down the road of there's certain activities on a yearly basis that we know like, Hey, these things are going to go on as if just like any other family has certain holidays that, you know, you're going to have dinner together as a big family. There are certain things that we do together that we just know that it's, it's going to be a yearly thing, but probably the distance is probably the, the biggest challenge. And some of the emotional things that you, that you've been through. I mean, I think evolution requires, you know, a, a sometimes a little bit of a breakdown to grow. And so as this is all so new, getting the emotional, whether it's jealousy or whether it's it's um, not having needs met, like I was talking about. Anybody have anything to say about that? Because that, I think, is even within every couple in the world. So it's what people can relate to. So I'd, I always like to hear about. Like, what are the emotional challenges? And, and just for the record, you are approximately three and a half, four hours away from each other. Yeah, four yeah, hours. Four hours. Yeah, four hours. Um, it definitely presented its own unique set of challenges um, initially, and even still somewhat now. Like, we've been married, what, 22 years? And Jahara and Marvin have been married 25 years. So, you have that challenge of like, it's not just me and him, or it's not just Jahara and Marvin, like it's the four of us. So trying to break away from, in terms of language anyway, I'm trying to break away from saying like me and him are like, just like the four of us. So that's been, you know, a little bit of a challenge. And certainly unique. I mean, to be able to say that and, and, and own that. I mean, and that's an emotional growth, I would think, in itself. And I know that I've watched, I've watched, for example, Jahira along the way say that labels don't really matter. I feel like they're life partners. And so that, but I'm still looking for the emotional, like some of the sticky pieces, because that's what really teaches us. I mean, yeah, we, well, in terms of the emotion, you know, sometimes it is, you know, you have that longing of wanting to you know, be with the other members of the quad. So we make it a point of um, birthdays. We make a big deal. So when one of us have a birthday, we're all getting together, hopefully celebrating. And we look for times, multiple times a month, usually in terms of when we can get together. I mean, whether it's myself and, and Mo or, you know, uh, Jahida and Michael get together, you know, we look for times that we can spend with each other and we have all of our calendars merged so that we know, okay, this is at this point in time, they're together. So, and when, you know, say when Jahida and Michael are together, me and Mo might talk to each other and on Zoom that night or what have you. So we, so the emotional thing is difficult because of the distance, but at times the communication helps with that because we still keep the communication going, you know, on a daily basis. So even though the distance is there, we may not have the physical, you know, um, connection, we have the communication that's there and that helps with the emotional because, you know, I might be going something through something one day and then Mo may reach out to me. He's like, Hey, what's going on? I'm like, Oh, I just dealt with this, this, and this, or she may go be going some through something. And then I'm there. So even though I'm not physically there, I'm there to provide emotional support, give her another way of looking at something. And then, you know, Michael and Jahida, they talk to each other daily as well. So you may not have that physical connection, but in terms of the emotional support, the communication is a big deal. And then there comes me. Well, um, giving some specifics. Well, go. before you go to the specific, I, well, my, Michael wanted to say something related well, to that. I, I think I figured uh, I'm going to have to really answer Tessa's question. She wants to down dirty. Yes. And that's exactly. Around, you know? And that's where Michael and I fit in. Right. And, and so <laughs> let, we're going to put it out there. And uh, I have a feeling that uh, that Jahari will uh, also touch upon it. But there is this thing of jealousy and it's tied to the distance, especially since we do see um, other people outside of the uh, of the quad. And so when you know that someone is spending time with someone else and you know that if you were there, that time would be yours. 
and you don't get to, you know, get to be a part of that, you know, there is a, you know, a jealousy or emotional that that's attached to it. And then obviously it's about how do you respond to that? But yeah, it, the distance does play a part in that. Uh, and it does get a little, uh, it gets sticky, you know, if, well, there are two things. One is um, in response to what Michael is saying is um, it's the conversations that happen behind the scenes as a result of it, processing the information. Behind the um, scene between you and Marvin or behind the scene between you and, and Michael? All of it. All of it behind the scene mm-hmm. with the exception of the person that we're thinking about. Um, for example... There's something that that Marvin might do with Monique, and I will say to directly to Marvin, hey, you know, you know full well that this is something that I enjoy doing, but yet you make more of an effort when you go away. That makes me feel a certain way. So that's where the communication comes in. Is there necessarily a resolution? No, but I'm definitely learning to to share how I feel in regards to my relationship with him and his actions as they then relate to Monique, if that makes sense. Yes, it makes sense, but it does mean that he has to change his communication with Monique or whatever he does with her. Are you expecting that in return or are you expecting the same treatment for yourself that he's giving to Monique? Which one? There's the aspect of what I believe polyamory is and just simply life itself. We're dealing with individuals. I can't control or change anything other than myself. And the only thing I could control is expressing how it made me feel. The ball is then in his court, how he wants to decide to, to handle it. But there is there any expectation on his part to handle it in a certain way. Again, deep, deep that's down, up to him. Yeah, but it, it's about You it's can challenge you. me as much as you want, but I think Michael, Monique, and Marvin can attest to the fact that I let things happen, um, even though I may feel a certain way. Even though you don't get your way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Would would anybody disagree? Yeah, I mean, sometimes no. sometimes we go through a decision, and sometimes things happen. And hey, don't don't be trying to soften it. It's okay. <laughs> I'm not trying to soften it. I'm trying to be honest. I'm trying to say, like, look, we may do something, and one of us may not want to do it. But all right, let's get into specifics. Okay, cigars. Okay, I love. I know you love cigars. Cigar. Yes, right. correct. And so. Whenever we're home, right? You know, oh, let's oh, it's cold, or it's this, or it's the other. There's okay. always a reason. Correct. Then you spend the weekend with Monique. It is specifically you find a cigar lounge. You're absolutely right. And so I express in terms of, hey, I'm the one. I know. We're having. This we're have. I know we're having this discussion, so, but. This is an ongoing conversation. It's an ongoing conversation. And I realize I've realized that you have told me that before. This is not a therapy session. I'm just pointing it out. (laughs) I know. Let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. moving. Okay. So for the other instance is. It's still my turn. (laughs) (laughs) So the second thing I wanted to bring up in terms of reality is. Uh, another specific example is I did end up having a talk with Monique and she she alluded to that earlier in regards to how we see each other due to the amount of years that we've been married with our legally wedded partners. And I ended up having to call her on it in terms of, you know, on the one hand, you say that, yes, we're partners. And on the other, it's. You know, you alluded to it in terms of it being separate. You know, your mention is just in regards to Michael. Well, what about us? Where are we not your partners? Aren't we included in that decision? Don't we take responsibility? So when you talk about some of those things in regards to communication, it and I admit it took me a while to say anything. I don't like conflict, but I'm also learning to use my voice. I'm all in distance also counts in that I don't like texting 
or having these kinds of conversations over the phone. I prefer in person. And as a result, sometimes I feel that there ends up being tension or just a distance until that conversation happens. So, you know, it is, it's, it's not perfect, but I would say the same thing in terms of my live in partner, mm-hmm. you know, as we, as you just heard right now, you know, going to the, the back and forth and saying, Hey, you don't hear me. Or oh, I thought that this is what we discussed, but I'm hearing something else. And facing conflict, you know, people have a lot of, of reservation about being able to bring up their feelings and their needs and it's something we can train and we're actually listening now to an audible again of nonviolent communication because when we remind ourselves how to to not avoid conflict because then it distances you if you're going too many directions and you're not bringing it together out of love to create that understanding of feelings and needs. So this is a great conversation because it's important for people to reframe no matter how complicated. And this for many people, even for us, would say, wow, that's a lot of work. It's more than just our work. It's that it's it's a four-way work. And navigating that is enormous. And so I I commend you for in being so invested in and having this vision of the future and and that's a beautiful well, part of this. Well, it seemed that your relationship that's so evolved uh, is really rooted in a very deep emotional love that you all have together, and it's worth fighting for. And that's why you go through the efforts. There's no question about it. Monique, do you share the same experiences that of being heard or being having to be expressive for your needs to Michael? <laughs> Tell us about that. Uh, I'm, I'm very much so expressive in what I, what I want and need, like and don't like, almost a little too much so at times. Um, <laughs> I get called on for it, but um, they, they, they know me a lot, <laughs> so they expect certain things. Um, you want to give us a cigar? I'm trying. I'm trying to think of. <laughs> give us a cigar example. Give us a cigar, Moni. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I Actually, can. You know. I can. You know. I was going to move on to things about kids. So I don't know if you'll remember something about that. But I think. Well, let's let her finish that uh, thought. I'm trying to think of an example. that circle, and then we can go. The full from. If you guys can think of anything in particular that <laughs> I feel very strongly about. <laughs> Like, I don't hesitate to tell you. Sometimes I have to kind of like camping, hiking. Let's let's just say that in the moment she's going to give you the response and it may not be it just she doesn't hold anything back. And then it may be a day when she realizes what she said and will say, you know, what, I really should take a step back. And what drove that that reaction um, you know, yeah. So basically, I need to kind of like Burst. stop, take a moment, process it, and then respond versus being quick to just put it out there. Of you know, I guess to put it in a tactful way of not like hurting anyone or coming across the wrong way. In other words. Okay, that's very well articulated. Yeah. And, 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 and about that's it. I wish I had an example. I, I have an example. I have an example too. So her love language is is really time, and so uh, and obviously you've been married for twenty two years, and so she had all my time, that's and so huh? That's a pretty good example. Yeah, and so when there is this thing of she doesn't get all the time, then there's a reaction to that. And it's not so much towards Jahara. It's more of I'm used to having all the time. And now I feel like I'm sharing that time. And so in the moment or whatever that is, there's a reaction. And then maybe a day or two later, it will be a retraction, attraction. Yes. And say, hey, I'm, I responded because of this, but Oh, there could be like little things, but it's not really that big. But at the time, it seems like it is. Like, for instance, the whole camping situation. 
that Marvin um, pointed out. Um, I have no desire to go camping, yet I felt some kind of way when him and Jahada went camping. It's like stuff like that. Like, like why would I even be pressed about that? Because just pure jealousy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it's stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. again, it could be as small as, well, Jahara, when she offers her food to you, you eat it. If I ask you, you know, do you want to try something? You say no all the time. And she realized that Jahara doesn't ask me, do I want to taste it? She just makes me taste it versus asking me. So it took her a while to figure that out. Um, yeah. Or, or, the, or the shower thing. Like, I like to take showers with like, I actually, I like to take showers with you and Jahara and Marvin. Me? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't taken a shower with you. <laughs> but he does not like taking showers with anybody. However, a few times he's been in the shower with Jahara. And I'm like, what the? <laughs> and he's like, she asked if she could join me. And I said, yes. I was like, huh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, these yeah. are such good little, little points because it's the little shifting of awareness <laughs> that, that, and also sometimes laughing at ourselves no, to be able to take a distance. I know Jahari has been wanting to give an example too for a while. No, 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 I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to put her out there that way. That's good. That's, I'm going to, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll be nice. But um, Tessa, you're right. I mean, in the, and I think we had talked about it Um in the earlier episode in which we have read um, some of the posts, the comments that are made in some of the Facebook groups that exist for um, similar situations or at least polyamorous interests. And there is a lot of judgment. There's a lot of frustration. There is a lot of short lived relationships due to these little things. And really, I believe it's the choices that you make on how to respond. There was someone that we heard, and at some point I need to to find who he is, but he did a research on marriages and why um, they did a test on whether uh, there were less fights in a successful marriage versus a marriage that broke up. And research showed that they have the same amount of arguments. The difference is how you respond to those arguments. The, you know, the ones that dissolve are the ones that say, I've had it. There is nothing else, you know, because of this, this, or the other. Giving up. Exactly. And then you have um, the other group, which I guess puts us in that category because we are far from perfect. It's just like, have it all out, try and fix it. And, the love and the care that we have ends up being much greater to figure it out. Um, And I've said it many times in terms of I'm still here. You know, there are times that I do want to walk away, not with Michael and Monique. It's the one that I live with, you know, but, uh, (laughs) but the point is, well, no, we, we have vested a lot of time and energy and all it is that is that we want, the other person to see us and hear us. And the beauty of this particular quad is that I feel that even with our imperfections, we have the maturity uh, to understand what that means to be seen and heard. And it looks different with each one. I, my relationship with Marvin does not look the same as my relationship with Monique, which does not look the same as my relationship with Michael. And there are some conversations that I know occur that I am not privy to. There's also that, that respect of having conversations with your partner, not partners, and allowing those conversations to happen that you do not have to be a part of every little thing. And I feel that many times we believe that when you have a partnership, that it's separate from a friendship or anything else, that everything has to be on the table. And I'm sorry, that's a recipe for disaster because you cannot be an individual. 
Go ahead. I've learned that. No, I've learned that also. That's a very good point that you uh, brought up because, yeah, I've I always felt like everybody should know everything, but it's not realistic and sometimes not very proactive. Before we return to this wonderful interview, we'd like to point you to our resources page on our website, theopennesters.com. We're encouraging our our guests and our participants and all of our audience, as well as ourselves, to explore more and go deeper on these topics. So this week's topic is about the poly relationship, and Sumini Sparks is one of our guests. She's an open relationship coach, and she will be coming back on a panel on sex and aging in the next month. So I hope you'll go and check out the books up on our resources page, including More Than Two and many other wonderful ways for you to learn more. You can listen to Sumati's episode and interview, episode 26, and is ethical non-monogamy for you on all podcast platforms and on our website. So us knowing what we need to hear and what we're able to hear is a really important awareness and self-awareness of our own needs. So this discussion is really rich and important, and I really am so, I so appreciate we got here. And, and also, I just wonder about so you, you navigate societal norms as well. And I also have the question about family, but the navigating societal norms in this case, is it, does it, are you all so solid in yourselves that you don't have, I mean, let's start with family because family is the first societal norm that we come from. And I wonder how each of you maybe have taught each other, um, what you've learned along the way and how you're operating with your families. So let's cover that a bit if you don't mind. And so- who wants to start, Michael? I guess we'll. I'll start. Um, obviously, our our kids know, um, and they were very, um, you know, supportive, positive, and they said, "Hey, it's it's your life. It doesn't really truly affect us." I think it helped that they knew Jahari and Marvin prior to us telling them, so they were aware um, and had already had somewhat of a relationship with them. Um, we have decided, you know, from a parent standpoint that uh, we don't think it's something that right now that they could handle, um, be very judgmental. Um, and so the majority of our family do not know um, about it. And our kids at the same time know that this is not something they just run around and, and uh, tell people about. Okay. And, and, and then have you had some open discussions with them about how that feels to be to have to feel like the society doesn't accept us have any of you had that or that your parents can't possibly know or any of those things that are sometimes hard no i think they just have a i think they just have a general understanding of uh, of their grandparents and uh, i don't know if they they even want to have that conversation you know it's it's more of hey what makes you happy happy it doesn't really it their their life and relationship with us hasn't changed um, so I, I think if somehow it did affect them, um, I think, you know, it might be a little bit different. <laughs> so basically the conversation that we had with the girls, we kept going back and forth saying like, are, are we going to say anything to them? Do we not say anything? Do we let them come to us? Like we bounced that around for like a while. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> I think it was around Thanksgiving two, no, a year and a half ago, maybe. Anywho. Um, we just happened to be going, like, chilling, hanging out as a family um, by the uh, yeah, fire pit. Uh, Michael and I were having a conversation with the girls, and it had to do with lyrics of a song. And I'm asking the girls, like, what does that mean? So we're, we, we are sitting out by the campfire, and, um, and it just basically said, you know, hey, if we were, if I was dating someone who would who would my girlfriend be? And, and they basically said, Jahara. And if, you know, um, if mom was dating someone, who would it most likely be? And it was Marvin. And we were like, okay, well, yeah, we are. And they're just like, oh. And we're like, how do you guys feel about that? And he said, well, it doesn't really affect us. Um, and so it's just, it was just kind of left with, left with that. Now, 
we assumed that they knew something was going on because when Jahari and Marvin would come visit, they would stay in our room. It wasn't like blatantly in and out, um, but they knew that they most likely weren't staying in the guest room and they weren't using their bathroom that they were using our bathroom. So, um, you know, kids are not, kids are not stupid. They, they, they very observant. How old are they? Uh, 18 and 14. And at the time they were 16, 16 and 12. I want to, I'd like to think that they also learned from us because at the time that we got together, our kids knew our situation, but they were one younger and our, we were for lack of a better way to describe it a little bit crazy in terms of dating several people, trying to figure it out. I was sleeping away once a week, all of those things. So they saw some really big changes, yeah. which is a little bit different than I think the way we approached when we would go to Michael and, and Monique, we would, you know, be spending time outside and talking and socializing and so on and spending time downstairs having drinks. But it wasn't until late that may, then we would head to the bedroom, which was not a, all right, good night. It was kind of quiet, but like Michael said, it was, it was, um, it, they're not dumb. They yeah. they know how their house works and, and sounds and all of that stuff. So our children, we have three. It was a little bit different. Um, for the most part, our eldest and youngest accepted as much as accepted could be uh, on their part. The middle one had more difficulty. And in retrospect, there were different things. Uh, one is maturity. Two is maybe I gave too much information. Um, three is our middle one went away. And so, and being a typical uh, middle child, it's very much a um, what's in it for me? What, you know, how am I affected? You know, the ownership, all of those things. And it wasn't until recent that she is now understanding what it is to be an adult, what it is to be an, an individual and to see us as adults and individuals and not just her mom and dad. Um, but out of the three, she's the one that live, lives outside the home. So I think all of those factors, in other words, and, and this is for anyone listening, it's there's not a perfect uh, situation. And that's why I'm really glad that Michael and Monique shared their experience because it was not similar for us, even though our kids know that being said, I believe that they are respectful of Michael and Monique as well as their girls um, and your decisions. Well, yes and no. Uh, we've raised them in a way that they can voice how they feel. And sometimes that can be, borderline, you know, I'm telling you what to do kind of thing. And so it's taken us to grow too. more me as mom, as a personality that is used to giving to not absorb that their responses and realize they're, you know, they're the age that they're at. They will figure it out. I still need to live my life as well as show them you know, that there is some sort of separation and with time they'll figure it out and it's slowly happening, but it took me some time because I definitely was one hurting and two, not knowing what to do to make everybody happy. Mm -hmm. And I'm learning you can't. Such an honest response that a mom also often feels and I've dad too. So so let's let's talk about the next level, the societal norms. Like, I think I think Jahira has told me before when you've gone away, you're like, what are you guys all before you on this vacation doing? And you have to kind of navigate the societal norms. And then even in your own hometowns, like, I'm curious how you're navigating that stuff. You can't be, uh, you know, all to everybody. So how do you handle that? 
It's actually interesting because, um, for instance, like we're active on social media. So we just recently celebrated uh, Mo's birthday and we were all having a great time. We enjoyed the weekend and we posted about it. So I have one of my colleagues from work now says, oh, tell Jahai a happy birthday for me. I'm like, it's not her birthday. And they're like, You're like no, it's like, no, it's my and I just said it. I was just, I know this colleague and he's accepting. And I just said, it's my other wife. And he's like, he, and this is all communication via text. And he said, question mark. Then his next text was Polly. And I said, yup. And he's like, me too. And he just Ooh. celebrated a year with his husband. So I was just like, wow. And then his next text was, you know, I have thousands of questions, but <laughs> it's best that we probably have a drink and chat. I'm like, that's fine. And I know, and he's one of those people, he's just laid back, somebody you can just start talking and you can just tell your whole life story to. He'll share his, and it's just a real easy, it's non-confrontational, very open communication between him. So I have felt comfortable and he's not, he's not going to run over to corporate and be like, do you know what this guy's doing? No, he's, that's not him because, because of how he is. And so I'm realizing that this is actually this whole, the, the polyamorous lifestyle is, is growing is very right. much growing in a sense that I've spoken to well, even spoken to people I'm interested in and told them I'm Paul and like, Oh, okay. And they're not off putting. They're not negative about like, Oh, how is that? They're inquisitive. They're questioning about it. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I, I think this is important to interject that I would challenge in regards to lifestyle. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when we when we use the term lifestyle, it, it almost feels like it's a trend, like it'll end at some point. And I think we're realizing the more we talk to different peoples mm -hmm. that it exists, whether you use the term or not. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, and the strange part is that I'm realizing also just communicating with others outside of the American bubble is in Europe, in South America, and other countries, they're they're like, oh, that's okay, that's fine. You know, the fact that there's a label now for it, they may not necessarily have had a label for it, but they're accepting of it. Yeah, no, it's I, I don't know that I think that that's a that's a mainstream acceptance in the United States. Not in the U. Well, so, no, I said this, the U.S. is a I, bubble. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's not in the U.S. But as soon as you go elsewhere. It's okay, but it's definitely not the United States. I, I keep thinking, I keep reminding myself, the pilgrims came here and they're still here, you know, because I mean, they got away from European and the blatant sexuality and the nudity and no, oh, no, we don't want that here because we're pilgrims. They're still here, you know, so and I keep reminding myself that because when you go elsewhere in other countries, it is just a freer lifestyle, the more accepting and what have you. I mean, going to Spain, love that. It was just more accepting. People were, weren't like, you know. But, the, but this is where we live. This is where we live. So I Correct. do wonder how you navigate the fact that most people will not be accepting. I mean, that's also what I really want it's, to hear. Right. Too. You know what? Little by little, I think it's just the way you approach it. Recently, I had a meeting with my with my children and with um, Marvin and said, I want to change one of my Instagram to be more open. I so that one I changed to identifying as a polyamorous, bisexual, Afro Latina married with children. That's what my bio now says. Wow. But prior to. To that, I had a meeting with the family based on what I just said earlier in regards to how I communicated, you know, um, our choices. And let me tell you, the response was wonderful. My children were uh, one said, I got no problem with it. I can't really help you only because I have my own things trying to figure out. But you do you. Another one said, 
I'm going to try and see if I can help you. And another one said, thank you. I really appreciate that you included us in this decision prior to you doing it. I 100% support you. So there's that family aspect. I went ahead and I did it. I wondered how long it would take for anybody to say anything to me. Well, it was almost a month where in a conversation with my sister, um, near the end of our conversation, she nonchalantly mentioned, hey, such and such saw your Instagram and reached out to me and said, hey, I didn't know that your sister, you know, was into other things. And she didn't know because she wasn't looking at the at the Instagram. When she checked, she got back to them and was just like, oh, yeah, you know, I knew it's, you know, this is old news. With And then the same day, uh, another friend reached out to her and said basically the same thing. And she had another response. And I said, yeah, I had a meeting with the kids and, and with Marvin, and this is what happened. And she's like, okay, as long as they're okay, you know, that's all I was worried about. Now I could tell that there was maybe something else that she wanted to say, but I didn't question it because that's on her. If she wanted to ask me, she can ask. I'm now in that point of my life that if you're interested in knowing and if you're ready for it, ask me, but I'm not going to volunteer any more information than what I've chosen to put out there. And don't ask any question. You don't want to hear the answers. From. Absolutely. Exactly. That's true. Perfect. I love it. And, 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 how about, and, yeah. and, and Michael and Monique, do you have? Any? Well, I think it's I mean how we navigate, like when we're all together, we don't really hide anything. I mean, we're just like any other couple. It's just that it's four of us and you may not know who's, technically married to who long to and, right. and if you and if and again <laughs> yeah. if you ask questions yeah. so much fun and if you ask questions <laughs> we'll give you the answer but be prepared for the answer and so that's how we um how we kind of navigate through when we're all when we're all together and, and i have a question it's a good segue to external relationship you know, some people that do not understand poly so much think that it's a license to jump from bed to bed legally and you and, and the spouse is approving of that. Now, we know it's different and we know it's not the case. But how do you manage other relationship externally to the quad? Uh, do you have those kind of relationship? And if you do, how do you load your schedule with some more relationship, with some more emotional uh, toll? as well as uh, trying to protect the quad that you have that you're looking uh, long-term for. Monique, so like you want to handle this one? <laughs> I'm sorry. Did somebody like... Wow. That just happened. That just happened. Excuse me. I, nobody, nobody gave me a question to ask <laughs> specifically, if that's what you're asking. But it, I was curious, but you can take the lead and speak about uh, it. Well, I actually did not have any plan of being involved with anybody outside outside of <laughs> our quad but i do have a boyfriend still not on the same level as my quad but he was introduced you- to jahara and marvin um last year for my birthday I got together i got to meet him and and everything and we got together again for my birthday this this year, but I'm not quite sure that he would even be in the picture or anybody else for that matter. If all four of us were local, like together, like, like, I don't think there would be any room because we would be doing everything together all the time. So because of the distance between me and Marvin and Jahara, I think that allowed space for someone else that I can, you know, spend time with and everything else. And Michael, how do you feel about that? About the other relationship or about the, mm-hmm. how it relates to the quad? Both. Um, I, it does. She, well, she does balance it out with uh, her time because she, she is a stay at home mom. So a lot of the time is while I'm at work. Um, 
And you, you start to think about what is that in my head? What does that mean? Like, Hey, it's been three years, you know, when we're all together, how's that, you know, is there a time when you will, you know, participate or be with the quad? How does that look like? Um, but other than that, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it doesn't really phase me that much. But you could develop deep emotional connection to that boyfriend that may uh, not interrupt, but compete with the quad. You don't feel that yeah, way? Yeah, there's, there's no competition. <laughs> I, well, see, there I disagree because, How? you know, I mean, she can say that now, but the more you spend time with someone, the closer you get. Because I could have probably said the same thing when we first met or first got reintroduced to Jahara, where it was, hey, we had a good time. We clicked. We'll keep having a good time. But the more and more time we spent together, it grew. So it's easy to say, like right now, that, oh, it won't get to that level. Um, obviously, the quad will keep continuing to grow, but you just don't know. Well, you want to operate from the place of non-possessiveness anyway. So that that growth requires even deeper communication, because like you said, you have time right now, Mo. So you have that that ability to develop more of that. And yet, if it had to take sometimes we've heard about people being polysaturated, you know, that they realize they can't handle more love. And yet when we because we all have a limited amount of time and yet loving from my point of view, is so expansive. So when you love, you can love more. So there's no one right or wrong in any of this. And I, and that's what I love this, why I love this discussion so much. That's so rich. Yeah. So, so maybe we'll meet again in about a year and a half and see where have you, uh, where this quad have developed and how progressed it is and where it is and how far are you from planning the next chapter? Now, are there any things that you feel like left unsaid that you guys would like to uh, close with in the next few minutes? Well, for me, I just want to say thank you for giving us the opportunity because I think all four of us, I think in this case, I can speak for all four of us. We do enjoy talking about our um, the uniqueness of our relationship, the acknowledgement that it is organic, that this is not planned, and that you have to be, you know, Every day is a, is a new experience because you are a new person every day. You know, who you were yesterday may not be the same person you are today. So when, when you start coming from that aspect, um, these relationships become even more beautiful because you appreciate, you know, what each person has to offer in your life. Um, so the fact that we're able to share this I then personally, now I'm speaking for myself, would love to um, have a community of connection that is more within the kinds of discussions that we're used to having versus what I see in social media, which is I can't find this and I can't find that and I'm looking for X, Y, Z. It's not, that's not how it works. Um, I think that we need to continue to learn how to communicate and how to view ourselves as the individuals that we are. So beautifully said. Anyone else? Marvin? I'm just listening. I'm just listening and noticing. And I'm always open to seeing what the next step is. I mean, because we, as we progress through this, it's always... We get bombarded in a sense. Um, I'm sure Michael can add to this. We get bombarded. Like, oh, oh, you you guys are together. Oh, we would love to be a, a part of that. Yeah, but now you're not just looking at, you know, joining, you know, two people, joining four. Each person has their own individual, you know, likes and dislikes. What are they going to find appealing? What, what are they going to not find appealing? It's much harder because we have those that always want to be a part of our quad. But that's a tough process because you have to basically make sure you're okay with four individuals. So I've, I've been finding a lot of that. And so whether or not the future holds anything that we're adding an additional person, I don't know. But as I said, 
you need to overcome four individuals that have their own likes and dislikes and what have you. And we were lucky enough to find that in our quad. So it'll be, um, so I'm anxious to see where it goes from here as we progress, as we get older, as we have new experiences, what happens. And as you live together and then maybe other stresses are going to come up. I mean, obviously if we interview you in five years and this happens, (laughs) there could be a whole new reality that, that the open nesters will be around and we love to follow you. So help Mm -hmm. us grow with you. Thank you. Monique, anything in, in conclusion? As as Jahara likes to say, I just like to see things progress organically. And Michael? I just take one day at a time. You know, there's a lot. Uh, uh, Marvin mentioned there's a lot of people that want to join or be a part of or see and not quite understand that it's not just a, we're not a show. You know, there's, it's, it's for people that have a relationship and um, we go through our ups and downs, our arguments, what we like, don't like. And um, it's not um, quote unquote as sexy as everyone always thinks it always is. And, uh, and that's, that's real life. And uh, so I do talk to a lot of different people. Unfortunately it's in the kind of the swinger lifestyle and trying to trying to communicate what this looks like. Um, it's hard because you have to actually see it uh, in person. And it's uh, right. and most time it's very domesticated. Well, so we beautiful. thank the quad. Thank you for having us. Uh, for, for really sharing honestly from their heart, all of you. So authentic, so real, and um, so much and comfortable with who you are. So we appreciate having people like yourself on the Open Nestor podcast. And we want to very, very much thank you for doing so. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for having having us. Thank you. Thank you all. Have a great night. Take care. Before we summarize this episode, I want to tell you about next week's guest, Kimberly DeShiel, She's an incredible woman I met online that after being an open nester and single mom and working hard, she is going to tell us about how to stay incredibly fit in a really unique way as we age. Tessa, this was uh, about almost two years ago when we interviewed uh, Marvin and Jahira for the first time. And I can sense the growth in their attitude, the growth in their relationship and understanding and the maturity to develop and continue to progress this relationship. You know, a lot of people think that, you know, polyamory is a license to jump from bed to bed, you know, but it's not the case. It's really not. What is it? What does it take to be in a poly relationship is really, really a lot, a lot of effort. Don't you think? Absolutely. And it, the way they had that natural and vulnerable way of even letting letting themselves be themselves made me so happy to show because that's that's the idea is that we 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 spend time figuring out by going toward the heat and the conflict. It's something I've been learning recently in a, in a book that was referred to me called Rock the Boat about heading into conflict. And I really do feel like they've understood how to u- use their voices and that conflict is tough and communication is essential. And I've never heard... A, you know, a four-way people have to figure out so many details. Yeah. It's uh, not just the time. It's the... Yeah. It's communication <laughs> channels. It's uh, terminologies. It is really, really takes a lot of effort and challenging uh, to go through that. And they are vulnerable. They are natural. They are authentic. And they're out there. They are yeah. really... Yeah. And, and look, we have a hard time sometimes figuring out how to, you know, carve out quality time with your kind of busy schedule and special time to talk and to really be able to be present. And here they have a regular schedule set up that I'm sure every day is not an amazing conversation, but they have specific time to talk, to spend time together for each couple, for each of the four partners. And it takes a different way of feeling about yourself because you're open to what's most important is my relationships in life, which I've always said is I determines the quality of our lives. Exactly. But it's you can feel that there is a lot of love between all four people. There's a love, respect, and 
somewhat of admiration of everybody and respect for each other space and needs and everybody's being heard and seen yeah that's why we wanted to call that the episode and I think that Jahira points to something about her kids about her inability or her realizing in a very vulnerable way that she can't fix them and eventually as they become adults it's not our job to fix them and that's the idea in all relationships and then when you multiply right. it like this boy do you have a learning a learning experience and, on your hand and and the one of the byproduct of their maturity and their honesty is an accepting family. And you heard it through the interview how their family is accepting uh, the new, uh, I guess, paradigm that they are all uh, living in. This love, this relationship, this quad. And it's, uh, we could probably have uh, continued to talk for hours about the subject with them. You know, we're experiencing ourselves some of those uh, challenges at, at times. But we not in that same intensity. Oh, no, not <laughs> the same intensity. That's, so, that, that's what they have. It's, so wonderful. It's such wonderful. a learning, such deep learning. Deep S- learning, and as uh, Tessa was mentioning before, there are other resources on our website that you can learn from. Uh, go back to our Alternative Lifestyle tab on our website and explore more. And if you're already on our website, please... That's theopennester.com, that double N in the middle, S at the end. Please leave us a comment. Uh, tell us uh, what you'd like to hear about, or if you know anyone that could be a good guest on our podcast, please let us know. And we'd love to thank all of you for making the podcast grow. We've been ranked 15th from Good Pods in Relationship Podcast, and it's because of you. Yeah. So keep sharing and join our Facebook community. We have a private Facebook group. We love your support on Instagram and liking us and sharing. Till next time, this is Amir. And this is Tessa. And we will see you on the next episode. Ciao. You have been listening to the Open Nesters Podcast, a production of Kiwi Publishing and Media. Executive producer, Tessa Crone. Music by Yoni Avi Patat. Audio engineering by Lucid Sound. Web design and blogs, PJ Ewing. This podcast is available on all podcast platforms. To learn more about each episode and guest, please visit us at theopennesters.com. For questions or to be a guest on our podcast, email tessa at theopennesters.com.